0: Last chorus reminded me of. Uh, we lived up in Palaboa, and we would go and do a Christmas um, Christmas Eve service in the Kruger Park for uh, the guests at um, at Letaba Rest Camp, and we'd be sitting on that stoop. Those of you who know the rest camp, we sit on the stoop overlooking the river as the sun kind of sets, and and one of the kind of carols we sang was Silent Night, and. And there'd be guest people there from all over the world. And we'd just say, sing it in your own language. And so we'd have Hindi, we'd have Dutch, we'd have German, we'd have French, we'd have some English, we'd have some Afrikaans, all singing uh, in their own languages. And and kind of that, you know, we'll give him all the glory kind of as we sang it in different languages kind of just gave me a glimpse of that again, that we can from different cultures and different perspectives, sing our carols and our songs of joy to Jesus. So finally, it's Christmas. Advent was about the imminent arrival of the imminent one, and now it's Christmas, and he's born, and, and, and we kind of celebrate, and, and it's been a fantastic morning. It's really been good to be together. Last year, we kind of tried to do uh, Christmas in church, and it was kind of very small um, because of still of COVID, but, but we're kind of back to normal. It's good to be here. Now, a couple of years ago, uh, our family together we went to see the the show, the play that goes wrong at Monty, and what a laugh! It's a it's about a, a play that that everything goes wrong in the, in the whole thing. Every, you know, everything starts to fall apart eventually, and the, you know it's one of those kind of everybody does crazy things. A really funny funny show, and and some of you may have seen the post. I kind of shared on Facebook this week of that cute nativity scene that goes wrong. You can't can't script that stuff. Those of us who work with children know you. You just cannot script that stuff. And, of course, there's a protagonist, the little girl in the black and white, who just had to have baby Jesus for herself. The baby was for her to hold and cuddle and enjoy. And then there are the two heroes, who simply seek to bring balance to the scene, to put baby Jesus back in the crib where he belongs. And I guess baby Jesus is the innocent bystander in all of this, picked up and held and fought over and pulled one way and another, passionately defended and held on to. And as I kind of thought about that in the week, I was, as I was kind of thinking about you know where we would go with the Christmas service, I thought, wow, you know, doesn't that kind of often echo how we treat Jesus in our world even today? We often treat Jesus as the bystander in our lives who gets taken out on high days and holidays. Or, or we feel that somehow we need to protect Jesus from the world and some, somebody put something out on Facebook and we will vehemently kind of say something maybe different or the same. Or we feel that Jesus belongs to us, so we need to hold on Him and keep Him to ourselves. He belongs to us rather than we belonging to Him. Or we feel that if we can get Jesus just to kind of fit into our viewpoint um, on on things like race and gender and politics, then everything will be okay. Or maybe we feel if we can can just hold on to Jesus and, and make Him our own private miracle worker and prayer answerer, doing stuff for us, everything will be good. Or if we can just get Jesus into the right place, will make everything better or even at Christmas time if we can just keep baby Jesus in the crib then we needn't do business with the reality of what who of who he really is and because of who he is what he might expect of us now let me be clear if we look at the protagonists in the real Christmas story that first Christmas they're all there those who wanted the Messiah for themselves to serve their own agenda, those who wanted to keep the baby in in the crib in in his place, those who who could do nothing else but tell the world about, about him. Herod, of course, is so angry that the baby is not born in his palace because if the baby was born in his palace, then he could control the baby or even worse, he would kill the child. Herod was known for offering members of his own family who did not agree with him. And so if the baby was born in the palace, he could have control over the baby. And so he acts decisively against the imposter king and sends out soldiers to kill all the boys and the boys aged two years and younger. No one was going to be king except him. There are these shepherds in the fields. Um. Everybody pretty much despised these shepherds, not because they were kind of doing stuff that was evil, but because they were shepherds looking after sheep. Sheep don't decide when they're going to have their C-section. You know, they just give birth when they need to. They don't decide when they're going to get sick. And so the shepherds often didn't make it to the religious festivals in, in the cities and in towns. They were kind of looking, out of, looking after their sheep out in the fields. And, and so they were on the fringes, actually despised. Something you may not know about these shepherds is that these shepherds were responsible for making sure that there were enough lambs born for Passover four months later. Their responsibility was to make sure that for every family who needed a Passover lamb, that there would be perfect, spotless Passover lambs available. So they had an important job to do. And it's to them that the angels appear spectacular light show and angel choirs. And so they rush off to Bethlehem to see the baby and could do then, then do nothing else but tell everybody they meet on their travels and, on, and as people go past them on the way into and out of Jerusalem, they could do nothing else but talk about the Messiah's being born. Later, of course, some wise men arrive. They've been traveling for months following the star that had appeared in the east and they stop off at Herod's palace, thinking that well, that's where the king's going to be born. And then they carry on to this little backwater called Bethlehem, not a palace with a, in a capital city, but a stable. And they give they give gifts to Jesus and to worship him in awe and wonder. And of course, there's this young mom and Joseph, this young mom heavily pregnant, from their hometown Nazareth to to Bethlehem where where the census was taking, the Roman census was having to take place, the head count. And, and and just remember that the only reason that the census was going to take place was so that the Romans knew what taxes they could expect from the citizenry. It wasn't so that they could provide services. It was so that they could make sure the taxes, they got enough tax in. And so it was customary to go to your, your the kind of hometown where your family came from. Now custom had it, that they when you went to your hometown, somebody in your family would put you up. That's what you do when you go to the, the when you go to the Western Transvaal, the family puts you up. You don't stay in a hotel. Isn't that right? It's true. So they get to Bethlehem and when the family notices that she's heavily pregnant and they're only engaged, betrothed, <laughs> you think the family will put them up? Oh, sorry, there's no space. No space. No space. No space. And eventually they give them a little outhouse where the animals are kept. Now, when a son is born to a family in Jewish in those times in Jewish tradition, the whole community and the family would gather together and give thanks to God for a son. For unto us a son is born, a child is given, and they will give his name and they will sing the whole town will sing a welcome song to a son. Didn't happen for girls, patriarchal society. Not in this town. Mary and Joseph have a little boy. Nobody says a word. But it's interesting that it's a choir of angels that sing a welcome song to a son is born. It's a huge choir of angels. The night sky lights up the fields around Bethlehem, and the choir sing out praise to God for the birth of the son. And they shout out to all, His name shall be Emmanuel, God with us. And so, as we tell the familiar yet wondrous story of the birth of the Christ child again this Christmas, I've been wondering to myself, how will we treat Jesus from here onwards? Will you hold on to Jesus as if He belongs just to you? Or will you share him with others, and and maybe Joseph, maybe they'll invite some friends to meet Jesus at Alpha. It'd be a good thing to do. A really good thing. Or maybe you'll you'll bring somebody to, to church this year, this coming year, to experience something significant in their lives. Or or will you hold on to Jesus as your own private miracle worker and prayer answerer? Or maybe maybe you'll trust him enough to allow Jesus to do in your life what He needs to do for you, which may be different to the person next to you. Or maybe we'll just keep putting baby Jesus back into the crib. You know, if you can keep Him small and cute and cuddly, then you can prevent Him from being the Savior who goes to the cross. And because of that, demands from us a change to our lives. Or maybe... maybe You'll keep picking up Jesus when you need him and then put him down when you don't. When you need him to help or comfort or strengthen or bless or make things happen and then only put him down again when you're done with it. Maybe you'll allow Jesus to be Jesus. The baby who grew in stature and wisdom, scripture tells us, and who made a difference in the lives of all that he met, including you and including me you see this baby born in a stable and given an animal feed trough to sleep in this jesus came into the world for you and for me he came for us to show us the way back to god to enable us to live the life that god gives us and live it really well he came to pay the price for the sin we committed by his death on the cross 33 and a half years later. Now, of course, we can remain sentimental about Christmas. I read a meme this week, Christmas isn't the story of Jesus. Jesus is the story about Christmas. And as Joseph said earlier, Christ stepped out of eternity and into time. which is why all the frenetic and extravagant gift-giving and receiving, and who doesn't like getting gifts? I mean, let's be honest. So often covers up or hides the real meaning of Christmas. About a baby born king. A baby born to take away the eternal consequences of your sin and mine. A baby born to demonstrate that we are not alone. That although our world may be upside down, inside out, that things may be going wrong wherever you look, God is with us. So this Christmas, may you know Jesus for yourself. Don't hold on to him as if he's yours. Share him with others. Don't treat him as your own private miracle worker, but allow him to do in your life and the lives of of those you love, that which will show him to be much more than just a cute little baby in a manger. And may you know, this Christmas again, that he is the one who can transform your life. So that you can be the person that God created you to be in the first place. And so as we close, may you, in all you do today, celebrate jesus in ways that will honor him that will shout as the shepherds did the angels did the wise men did to all who would hear that he is king and lord may you know as you spend time with family or even if you're alone that god is with you and may you as you head into 2023 Know that Emmanuel is with us, still, and that we can trust him. Let us pray. So often, Lord, the the innocence of children remind us of some deep spiritual truths. Thank you that you did not just come for one of us, but you came for each of us. And help us to remember that Christmas is about you coming into our world, making a difference where we are. Help us to live in such a way that the world can see and know who you are. And that the joy of Christmas may be a joy that we do not just celebrate on this day, but every day. May we share the hope and joy and peace and love of Christmas with families, loved ones and friends. And because you've touched us. And you promise to be with us. May we worship you and bring glory to your name forever and ever. Amen.